Hello, friends. This is episode 52 of Bet to Win. I'm Claudia Balafato. This is my lovely co-host and good friend, Joe Fan. We are in the beautiful Blue Wire studios at the Win Las Vegas, and this is a bittersweet show. It is a bittersweet show. We've got some breaking news. I was going to say, today sort of feels like Christmas Eve for <laughs> sports fans because it's yeah. the day before the tournament. Mm-hmm. And I love the Thursday morning when the tournament tips off. I, I'm, I'll never forget, like back in high school, we'd like leave at lunch to like go get 40 minutes, just like watching TV and watching the games. Yeah. And then my senior year, my mom let me skip school on a Friday so I could just, we could all, when all of our parents let us, we could watch the game. Like this, this weekend is my favorite sports weekend of the entire sports calendar year, but it's bittersweet. It's like I don't, maybe Santa won't come. On this Christmas Eve. <laughs> Santa's coming. Don't worry. Pl- plenty of basketball going on. He's putting coal in my stocking. Pl- plenty of basketball. But this will be my last show with WinBet. With Bet to Win. With Joe. I've had an absolute blast. I know I didn't get to be on the show as long as I had hoped for. Um, I do have something lined up back home in Boston. If it wasn't back home in Boston with my family, I, you know, I wouldn't be leaving. But it's an opportunity. I really couldn't give up. Can't give you much more details. I'll put out a video on my Twitter later on um, thanking everyone because, of course, the Blue Wire team, thank you guys so much. Win bet. I won't waste everyone's time too much right now, but uh, truly, thank you from the bottom of my heart. I've had an absolute blast on this show, and I think we've come really far from episode one. It feels like it was so long ago when it was, and I feel like the show has really become, you know, something of its own, and I'm sad to leave. Yeah, and I'm, I'm sad you're leaving as well. We have a huge show, and I don't want to go down this huge diatribe, but we could talk about this for an hour. I mean, we both sort of got thrown into this and it all kind of came to be very quickly. And it went from, hey, you're going to move to Vegas. Hey, this can be your co-host. Hey, your first show is in three days, like sort of (laughs) deal. And it is fun to see now 50 plus shows in where the chemistry is gone, where the content is gone. I do. My biggest disappointment is A, I enjoy working with you. And B, I feel like Content-wise, the show was hitting its stride. Um, But first and foremost, second most, third most, fourth most, fifth most, I'm just very excited for you. Get to go home. I know what that's like when I was in the Bay Area getting to go back to Seattle to to cover the Seahawks. There's nothing like it. There is truly no place like home. uh, And you are a superstar uh, in this industry and um, deserving of this opportunity. So you'll be missed. Uh, Their gain is our loss. But uh, don't think you won't be making up (laughs) fake names here, talking about hockey. As a as a guest at some point. So. I'm coming on with my mustache and glasses and hat. Don't worry. I'll be back, people. Uh, but truly, so thank you, Joe. And thank you, everyone behind the scenes, our producers, our directors. They all work so hard on the show. So thank you, guys. I will miss all of you. Uh, let's talk basketball, football, baseball. We've got it all. We've got the headlines for you. And then, of course, we will give out our picks as round one starts. Joe and I both have five picks each. And then we'll end the show with some free money and winning picks. But first, let's talk victory laps and hold the cell. What do you got, Joe? Yeah, just an L to hold on Wyoming plus four. They lost by eight to Indiana on Tuesday night. This was a heinous game. It was one I attempted to watch the first half of, and then I said, you know what? I have better things to do with my time. I will check the score at the end of the game and find out whether I won or lost that bet. Between the missed shots, missed free throws, the turnovers, it was super ugly. Um, and it didn't inspire a ton of confidence as I go into the first round, tailing the Mountain West and fading the Big Ten. Alas, the bracket is set. The bets have been placed. We have our picks coming. 
Uh, and I started March Madness with an L. Well, you know what? Bounce back, Joe. We hope. Thankfully, I just continue to win. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I did win in hockey. I had the Yotes over two and a half goals against the Senators. That was at minus 120. I also gave out on the money line. I also said I'd play them over three at plus money, which also would have hit. So hopefully y'all tailed and made some money. This hit despite an absolutely absurd difference in shots on goal. Senators goalie Philip Gustafson faced 14 shots compared to Scott Wedgwood. So 14 shots and he let in four compared to 43 from the Senators. And they still won putting 14 shots on goal. It's absolutely absurd. It's crazy. Um, so they won. Coyotes won five to three. All of my bits hit. Hopefully some of you tailed. I didn't have any else to hold. So I love it. We, Very well done. We move on and I'll probably have some else to hold in college basketball. So I'm going to hold that. Well, that's w- just why I. you have a lot of volume. And no matter if, if your record's above 500, below 500, you're, you're sort of guaranteed to have some wins and some losses. So there we go. Yeah. Headlines. Let's start with football. NFL free agency starts today at 1 p.m. Pacific. Several deals already done. Steelers sign quarterback Mitch Trubisky. Pretty much anything, though, right, is an improvement from Big Ben. (laughs) When you look at the quarterback pool, Mitch, Mason Rudolph, Dwayne Haskins. Must be fun to be a Steelers fan, right, Joe? The fact that they're just going to roll with Mitch is wild to me. Although, you know what? I'm here for it. And I think Mitch will be an upgrade. Maybe he can be a, a late bloomer. It has to be. He's younger. That, that That's a start. He's younger. If you're a Bears fan, like, will you ever get over the sting of the Bears taking Mitch Trubisky over uh, Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson? Oh, and, I mean, that hurts. quarterback class was loaded hurts. and Listen. poor Mitch. I'm excited to see Mitch again. I mean, yeah, it congrats, can't be Mitch. worse. You got a job. The fact that they're even trying to pretend that he's going to compete with Mason Rudolph. I know that Mitch Trubisky was not great in Chicago. He is Joe Montana compared, <laughs> to, Mason, one, compared to Mason Rudolph. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Well, not much more else to say there, so we'll move on. Uh, Chargers saw the Broncos stepping up and came through with a response, trading for linebacker Khalil Mack and adding former Patriots cornerback J.C. Jackson, if you're looking at futures, curious to see what you think here. Would you pass on the Broncos, add some Chargers futures? We knew their biggest issue was defense against the run game. But what I'm looking at the offense is at least we already know what Justin Herbert brings, the offense, the weapons that he has. Now with Khalil Mack, now with Jackson on defense, I think I'd rather have my money on them than a Russell Wilson and Broncos offense that's going to have to really get things clicking early. Yeah, I love the Chargers. Um, I mean, I love the Chargers every year, and they disappoint me every year because the Chargers, and they can't seem to figure it out. Love the moves, though. I mean, Khalil Mack and and J.C. Jackson, the 2021 Pro Bowler, huge additions. What confuses me about this free agency cycle is you have the Jaguars on this crazy spending spree where they gave Christian Kirk, a man of zero 1,000-yard seasons, more money than J.C. Jackson got uh, at a more coveted position, a more sparse sparse position, uh, being corner. Christian Kirk is just a guy largely, I mean, he's fine, but just compared to how many incredible receivers are in the NFL, the Cardinals biggest need going into the off season was a number two receiver before Christian Kirk signed elsewhere. So, and then they gave Zay Jones $24 million who essentially before Henry Ruggs had his incident, Zay Jones was an afterthought there. He was was sort of an afterthought. His career was in the twilight on his way out. 
He just gets $24 million. They have almost $100 million given out to Christian Kirk and Zay Jones. And I can't wrap my head around it. Then you have the Cardinals who are giving another three-year deal to a running back. James Conner gets three years and $21 million. Scored lots of touchdowns. We averaged 3.7 yards per carry last year. And they continue this trend of huge money to David Johnson, huge money to Kenyon Drake. And now James Conner gets his payday. The first two didn't work. Why is this one going to? And now he's not going to get paid the full $21 million because the full thing's not guaranteed. But it is sort of bizarre, some of the money you're seeing thrown around. A lot of these deals, the first thing that comes to mind is like, that's a lot for a little. When you think about the return and you're like, you wonder totally. how all of these, these people get in a room and they're like, yeah, this is the right decision. And you this get is inflation the right and the salary cap goes up every year and all that. But yeah. yeah, it's interesting. It is interesting. Browns release a wide receiver Jarvis Landry. Chiefs and Saints interested. I think the Saints certainly more in need. Um, it would be interesting to see Jarvis and Watson potentially. Mm-hmm. Definitely a big upgrade offensively. Uh, we'll talk about Watson a little bit more in a bit, but that's what the Browns did. The Vikings gave quarterback Kirk Cousins a $35 million extension, now tied for the sixth highest paid quarterback next season. He finished middle of the pack in quarterback rating last season. He's 34 years old, been in the league for 10 years, one playoff win. That's a lot for a little, if you ask me. A lot of money. It's just the going rate for a quarterback. Um, it's he's the he's the peak of the category. You can do a lot worse, but you can do so much better. Um, so I get that for one year, and you're trying to figure out what's next. That the big takeaway for all this quarterback talk is obviously the biggest headline in the NFL is where is Sean Watson going to end up, and what are the dominoes that fall from that? He's meeting with the Atlanta Falcons on Wednesday. What does that mean for Matt Ryan? Where would he go? Now it seems that Baker Mayfield is available. So you have Baker Mayfield and Jimmy Garoppolo, two quarterbacks that are shockingly similar in terms of how they play, what their limitations are. Um, And so are both of, you know, this quarterback carousel that's going to start seemingly upon the Deshaun Watson saga uh, playing out and we having having a resolution to that. But um, interesting to see where things go uh, on that front. Yeah, the Baker Mayfield Instagram post too. I, I don't know if Instagram's ever been so relevant in the NFL, but it seems like every quarter, I mean, quarterback especially, but every player seems to air all of their dirty laundry on Instagram. Like yeah. Baker Mayfield's basically like, I'm not gone yet, but I feel like I'm going to be. So I just want to say I love all of you. It does feel it's that way. It's sad, you know? Yeah. I feel for him. Mm-hmm. So that will definitely be a story we'll keep our eye on. Uh, well, I guess that you will. And I'll be watching the show to see your updates on Watson. <laughs> Let's talk baseball. Spring training. Yay. Start Let's. to set tomorrow. Let's go. Uh, some news early this morning. Red Sox, not the best of news. Red Sox ace pitcher Chris Sale out for the time being with a rib injury. You were hurt last season. We were so happy to get you back. And now you're hurt again. Great. Outfielder Kyle Schwarber signs with the Phillies. A's continue to trade their best players, sending third baseman Matt Chapman to the Blue Jays. Braves trade for first baseman Matt Olson, officially moving on from Freddie Freeman. Freeman as a free agent means a lot of teams in the AL East are interested. Would not mind seeing him at Fenway, 2020 NL MVP, 31 home runs, face of the franchise. I'll take him. And Yankees don't need him because they now have Anthony Rizzo at first base who re-signed. They also picked up third baseman and MVP Josh Donaldson from the Twins, giving up catcher Gary Sanchez and infielder Gio Urshela. Yankees tied with the Astros and Jays for the second best odds to win the World Series at 10 to 1 on win bet. 
And three-time Cy Young winner Clayton Kershaw comes back to the Dodgers on a one-year deal. He was debating going back home to the Rangers, but decided he wanted another shot at a World Series, and I don't blame him. Dodgers currently plus 600 favorite to win it all. Yeah, lots of moves. Big takeaway for me is I just feel for A's fans who go through this cycle of they trade their stars for prospects, turn those prospects into stars, and then trade those prospects again or trade those stars for more prospects. It's just this circle of life as an A's fan. They're always relevant. They make the playoffs, but they're never going to be good enough to make it to the World Series. And that's what we've seen time and time again. So I guess you credit them for being such a a low-budget, small, not even small market, just low-budget, cheap is the word for it, organization that continues to stay relevant. Um, But it's just got to be so infuriating from a fan standpoint where... You have to go to a game in the dumpiest ballpark in the history of ballparks. Um, it's 2022, and they're still going to play at the Oakland Coliseum. It's insane they don't have a resolution to their stadium situation yet. Um, and they trade away all our best players. Um, the news I'm most excited about is my M's, them mm-hmm. nerds, adding all-star outfielder Jesse Winker as well, as well as Eugenio Suarez from the Reds, who also seem to be selling off all of their parts. Luis Castillo on Wednesday morning was traded from the Reds to the Angels. So the Reds are in full tank mode and rebuild mode. You got to imagine Joey Votto's on his way out next at some point. Um, but I love Winker, big left-handed power bat, guy who just mashes right-handed pitching coming to Seattle. I just can't wait for baseball season. I'm so pumped. Oh, Lockout is over and we get to go straight from March Madness into opening day. It is crazy how we go from absolutely no baseball to now a million, you know, all of these news, all these headlines, spring trading is starting. And there's still oh, so, so much so more excited. to come. Carlos Correa unsigned. Freddie Freeman unsigned, Chris Bryant unsigned, Trevor yeah. Story unsigned, Zach Greinke unsigned, uh, Nick Castellanos, Michael Confort. I mean, there's still so many free agents out there that are impact players, there is. Uh, if not just outright stars, that will have a big impact on this season. So still so much more to come. Can't wait. Bring it on, baseball. All right, let's talk hoops. First round NCAA tournament. The people are crowding into Vegas. It's going to be bumping here. Joe and I both have five picks each. We are fading each other in some of those picks. Yep. What do you got first? Yeah, this is an interesting weekend because like you look at every sports book and if you want to like get a seat in a sports book, I mean, the minimum, I've talked to some buddies who are like in town and they're like, yeah, I'm going to X place and it's it's a $1,200 minimum for a four top. <gasps> oh, <laughs> That's God. That's an expensive way Yeah, I'll sit on my couch. Hoops. I'm good. <laughs> I, why not spend that $300 per person on betting on the games? Yeah, yeah. Beer is free in my fridge. Yeah, <laughs> right? Free, but cheaper than you're finding there. Not $300 worth. Anyways, um, we, yeah, we got five picks. I will start, and I mentioned I am fading my, these next two days, Thursday, Friday, I will either make a lot of money or lose a ton of money based on whether or not I am correct in fading the Big Ten. And I start with Colorado State, that even though they are the sixth seed, they are a two and a half point underdog to the Michigan Wolverines, the 11 seed. I'm fading Michigan. I don't think they deserve to be in the tournament. Uh, David Roddy, number 10 in Ken Palm's Player of the Year ratings. Uh, Colorado State had big non-conference wins. They smoked Creighton and St. Mary's for getting into conference play. Um, Both teams have big edges um, on offense uh, against the opponent's defense in terms of two-point percentage. Um, And Michigan... Their big edge that I worry about, has an, they have an average height advantage of two inches per player, but Colorado State is 60th in the country in defensive rebounding. So I don't think that's a huge issue, just given what the numbers and metrics say. 
um, I'm happy to, to take the two and a half points and go with Colorado State here. Yeah, I'm certainly looking at that edge in size. I'm going to go with Michigan. I'm going to lay the two and a half. I'm also going to play over their team total of 71. Colorado State allowing 70 points a game. Michigan averaging 73. Like I mentioned, their edge in size, especially in the front court with their star center, Hunter Dickinson, Ford, Musa, Diabate. I definitely said that wrong. Uh, I don't know. Just to look at a team where no one in their lineup is over six to nine. And I heard you. I forget what two teams you were talking about before when you were talking about the size difference, but it really hit home. And just watching basketball, it's like when you watch two teams, of course, you can look at all the stats when you're watching two teams and you see such a size difference. It does definitely has an effect on how you're capping these games. Um, And then I'm also playing the team total, like I said, over 71. They failed to go over 71 in only three of their last 11. So if you don't want to pick a side, that's a possibility of taking a, a team total there. I love it. My next pick is... Davidson against Michigan State. If I'm going to fade Michigan, I'm for sure going to fade Michigan State. Um, And I might be way too high on Davidson, and we'll find out shortly. I like him. But I am taking Davidson over Michigan State, and I am taking Davidson over Duke in my bracket. Um, Not only do I think Davidson's a better team, but we've got a revenge game narrative. I know. It's fun. With Foster Lawyer, uh, who averaged 16.3 points per game, is a transfer from Michigan State. Davidson is super efficient offensively, 11th overall in terms of offensive efficiency, 14th in effective field goal percentage, 15th in terms of turnover percentage, 97th in free throw late, free throw rate, 6th in three-point percentage, 24th in two-point percentage. They do it all, and they don't turn the ball over. Uh, they are competent defensively, and they rank 8th in defensive rebounding. Um, so if you can be one and done defensively, um, and you can score the basketball at a high rate offensively, I like your chances in the tournament. Yeah. Um, give me Davidson plus one against Michigan State. Yeah, I'm with you. Five players on the team who shoot at least 38.8% from the three-point. Lawyer, of course, leading that crew at 445 Third third highest in the country. He's an absolute animal. Uh, so no disagreement there. I'm with you on Davidson. I love it. Uh, my next pick is Boise State plus two and a half. I know we're on opposite sides of this game. This should be an awesome matchup. Mm-hmm. There. There's I went back so, and forth. Yeah, I went back and so forth. There's so many games I'm fired up for, but but ultimately I am as much as I'm fading the Big Ten, I am I am tailing the Mountain West, and they didn't get off to a good start with Wyoming and, and uh, Indiana on Tuesday night. But um, again, the bets have been placed, my position is settled, and we will figure it out in a couple of days how well it goes for me. But um, I really like Boise State. I think they're complete. I think they can they can play on the perimeter. They have size to complete to, to compete inside. Um, and they have big edges in terms of forcing turnovers. They rank 82nd in terms of forcing turnovers. Memphis ranks 352nd offensively in turnover percentage. They turn the ball over a lot. Boise State also the potential to dominate on the glass. They rank 95th in terms of offensive rebounding. Uh, Memphis' defense ranks 288th on the defensive boards. This is a, a super even matchup. Both really good teams, 28 versus 29 in terms of Ken Palm's overall efficiency. I, I really can't wait for this one. I agree. And I agree with everything you said. The concerns are there absolutely with Memphis and their turnovers. When I look at their defense, it has stepped up. They've held opponents to 38% shooting since January. They have a deep bench, which always makes me feel better. Four players averaging double digits. They're averaging just over 75 points a game, allowing under 69. And I really dug into it last night, Joe. I was looking at heat maps and everything. When I, I love a good heat because map. Because I'm looking game and I'm like, it really is so close. And if you just look at Kempom and if you just look at the basic stats up against each other, I'm like, I really want to get into this, this uh, Memphis defense. So I looked at a heat map. They're allowing, they're really good down low. 
defensively. They're allowing almost 13% less field goals from three to five feet from the rim than the league average. So for me, bottom line, everything you mentioned, yes, concerns and also edges for them, but they play a much faster pace than Boise State. They have a deeper roster. If they can find the cracks in the defense, keep their defense up down low and take advantage of those extra possessions, I see them winning this game, but I agree. It'll be a close one and it'll be a good one. Yeah, I think both disagreements, I wouldn't die on the hill on either side. And I think the cool thing about doing this ping pong and back and forth is, is if you're on the fence of any of these or you're leading a certain way, you've now been given both sides to Michigan, uh, Colorado State, and Memphis, Boise State. Uh, my next pick is Chattanooga plus seven and a half against Illinois. Um, I love Chattanooga. Efficient on both sides mm. of the football. Um, you look at football. defensively. Yeah, I said that again. Nice. <laughs> good, 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 good. He misses football. Uh, the the thing I love about Chattanooga is defensively, they defend the three-point line really well. They rank 36th in defense of three-point percentage. Uh, and 42% of all of Illinois' field goals come from three. That's 66th most, most in the country. So you have one team in the favorite who relies heavily on three-point shooting. One team, the underdog, that defends the three-point the three line really well. Um, they do rank this being Chattanooga, 272nd in terms of two-point percentage allowed. That makes me nervous of Kofi Coburn dominating, but I do think Kansas transfer um, Silvio D'Souza can hang with him, or I hope he can hang with him because that's going to be a huge storyline in this game. Seven and a half is a lot of points, especially yeah. during the madness. So I like that play. I'm going to go with Murray State. Jazz alma mater laying a point. Uh, USF opened as a one and a half point favorite. So it swung now Murray State the favorite as they should be. Murray State hasn't lost a game in three months. They've won 20 games in a row, ranking third nationally in rebounding, averaging just under 80 points a game. The Dons lean on their senior, Jamari Bouye, who leads the team in scoring assists and steals. But the Racers don't just have one guy. They sort of have a big three with K.J. Williams, Tevin Brown, Justice Hill, averaging 18, 17, and 13, respectively. Makes me feel a little bit better when the team I'm on has three guys they can rely on rather than just one. On defense, Murray State allowing opponents to score just over 62 points, 21st in the country, while opponents are putting up an average of 67 on San Francisco. I thought it was disrespectful for Murray State to open as the dog, so I'm happy the market agreed with me and swung the other way. They've only been underdogs three times this year, so I grabbed them with the point, but I would also lay the point with them here. Yeah, I can't. I'm not betting this game. I can't wait to watch it. It's this game and then the New Mexico State UConn game that I just I can't wait to watch. I don't have a lean on, so I'm not going to bet it because I just think the matchups are really even and good, and I just don't have a lean on it. I, again, I said this on Monday. I'm really bummed these two teams are playing each other as two really talented mid-majors, both in the top 30 in terms of Ken Palm overall efficiency. I would love to have seen them play an SEC team, a Big Ten team, a Big 12 team to see how they stack up because these are, these are both teams I would want to bet on in those scenarios. So it's a shame only one can move on. Um, but I think your analysis is spot on. The Racers are a really talented team and, and this should be a great game. Um, my last pick is UAB plus eight against Houston. Sort of the same logic as the Chattanooga game. It's a lot of points for a team that doesn't have really any glaring weakness. They also have a star in point guard, Jordan Walker, who averages 20 and five. He's also a 41% three-point shooter and makes 88% of his free throws. Um, eight is too many just when you look at the numbers in general, but then you throw into the mix that Houston makes under 67% of their free throws. And you look, if this game is close, four, five, six, seven, in that range towards the end of the game, and UAB starts fouling, 
you anticipate Houston missing some of those to where to where UAB will be able to keep it under the number. Eight's a ton. Um, so I feel really comfortable taking UAB. This is maybe, which means it's for sure going to lose, one of my more confident picks <laughs> of the first round. Come on, Joe. The biggest concern is that Houston's red hot after winning all three of their conference tournament games by double digits. But mm. how much does that mean now a week later? Yeah. I'm not going to buy too much into it um, because UAB also red hot given what they did in their conference tournament. Say it with conviction, Joey. Conviction. <laughs> oh, there's conviction. I screwed that one up. Yeah. Conviction. Yeah, yeah, no, there you go. You feel Second good. Time's a charm. Don't say it's going to lose. Come on. They're uh, really good on both sides of the football. <laughs> football conviction. Anyways, Sister Jean. <laughs> It I'm is like, the month I'm, of Sister Jean. It really is. Yeah. And, and People I'm do go. forget that. People, People forget. are like, oh, March. It's, you know, it's <laughs> leprechaun season. And it's, you know, it's, oh. it's, you got great. Yeah. Come on. St. Patrick's Day <laughs> oh, yeah, is this wait, week. What is that? Tomorrow? Yeah. Friday. Right? Friday tomorrow? or is it Thursday? Is it tomorrow? <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm not a big St. Patty's wow, guy. I don't wow, look good in look green. look at us. This time You were wearing <laughs> green. Look at you. You didn't even know. I didn't, I didn't even plan it. Yeah. It matches my eyes. But, but it's anyway. also the month of Sister Jean. It is. It is the month because... of Sister Jean. And I'm on Sister Jean yeah. in Loyola. In a pick against Ohio State. Loyola has the edge on defense. Their offense overall has been solid. And they're shooting like crazy from the three. They're in top 10 in the nation in three-point field goal percentage. Seventh in effective field goal percentage against an Ohio State defense that ranks 130th in defensive adjusted efficiency. I mentioned Loyola's edge on defense. They allow the 18th fewest points per game in the country at 61.7. Their defense ranks 22nd in adjusted efficiency. And for you trend lovers, I don't know if, I don't think you're a trend lover, right? We don't talk about trends too much. I never base my plays off of trends, but when I see a fun one, I mention it. Ohio State's last 13 games, they're 6-0 when they hit better than 48%. 0-7 when they don't. I found that on yahoo.com article. Loyola is allowing opponents to hit just under 41% of their shots. So if the trend, which is not predictive, but if it was, then that's good news for me and Loyola and Sister Jean. And that's my last play. Can I get a high five for fading the Big Ten? Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Screw uh, you, I Big am Ten. 100% tailing that pick. Hell yeah. Absolutely. Hell yeah. All right, let's give out some free money. Our basketball parlay bonus, all users, new, old, can receive a $10 free bet when they win, lose, or push a $20 four-leg parlay on basketball between Monday and Thursday. Go to winbet.com or download the WinBet app for official rules and details. And the secret word is hope. Do you know this guy? Hope! <laughs> I do know that guy. So I, that's who I went to dinner with last night. Oh, He's like, I'm going to come see the show. I was like, you're going to get way too drunk to make it to the show at 9 a.m. He said, I'm going to make it. Nurse that hangover. So, yeah, so credit to him for for coming and checking it out. Andy P. in the house. Uh, we played Little League Baseball together. How fun is that? Oh, love that. Yeah, love on the that. Indians. Uh, the secret word is hope because what do all these teams have? They have hope. Every team in their meeting rooms tonight going through their walkthroughs at the team hotel. They all believe they've got a chance to win. Every coach of a 16 seed is saying, hey, we can do this. Why not us? That is our secret word. Send the secret word hope to uh, WinBet's Twitter account. Slide into those DMs. Send it hope, your WinBet username, your WinBet email for a $25 free bet. Terms and conditions apply. Free money, baby. And our last winning pick of the show. And I will mention, Claudia is up 3-1. Yes, she is. What Someone's got to win a winning picks. Uh, it's your last show. I got to go out with a bang. 
So Joey Lotto tickets is back. I've got a four-unit special. Remember back in the divisional round where it was Road Dog Weekend and I made a good amount of money, would have retired had the Bills not screwed the pooch those last 13 seconds. I'm over it, though. I've forgotten about it. I've moved on. We've got another roundy here for the first round. little YOLO play uh, for NCAA March Madness. Three underdogs. I'm playing all three of the two-leg parlays and the three-leg parlay. So four total plays, four units. They are Chattanooga plus 260. I've already told you why I like them to compete and cover against Illinois. I think they can beat the Illini outright. I'm taking Colgate plus 240 on the money line against Wisconsin. Wisconsin, I think they are frauds. They rank 260th in effective field goal percentage offensively. Colgate, number 11 in that category and also number two shooting from three. They're hot from three. They can beat anybody and certainly this Wisconsin team. You go through the numbers, there's no obvious edge for the Badgers. I love Colgate uh, to, to compete, to cover certainly, and also have a chance to win. And rounding it out with Vermont, plus 175. The Catamounts, I don't necessarily love the matchup against Arkansas. Arkansas, really talented team that plays great defense. But when you look at Vermont, the number one defensive rebounding team in the country, that's huge. You've got to be one and done in March Madness when you're playing defense. They rank number three in effective field goal percentage offensively. Number 16 in turnovers. They don't turn the ball over. We're going to keep Arkansas out of transition. Uh, they rank number two in two-point percentage defensively. They're efficient on both sides of the football. And Arkansas, a team that likes to get to the free throw line, they get there frequently, and they make their free throws. They rank very well in both those categories. But Vermont ranks number 17th defensively in free throw percentage or in free throw rate allowed, meaning their opponents aren't getting the line super often. It's a strength on strength there. I like Vermont. You take all three. If two of them win, it's a nice payday. If all three of them win, I'm rich. You're gone Dinner Monday. On Joe. I'm gone Monday. I'm going on vacation. That is my roundy. Chattanooga, Colgate, and Vermont money lines. You're playing all three of the two-leg parlays and the one three-leg parlay. Let's get rich. <laughs> Let's get rich. I'm going to go a little smaller. I, I've got one play. I said I was on Murray State. I'm going to go over their team total of 68 and a half for my winning pick against San Francisco. As I mentioned, Murray State has won 20 in a row, averaging just under 80 points a game. They rank third nationally in rebounding, 20th in offensive boards, so they should have plenty of scoring opportunities on second chances with the Dons ranking 78th in rebounding overall. Murray State has their big three averaging high double digits in points, and it's a good matchup because opponents are putting up an average of 67 on San Francisco. San Francisco, a team many are arguing shouldn't even be in the tournament with the lack of quality wins on their resume. So I'd like Murray State to win this game and cover their team total. I like it. You Very got a good. YOLO. I got a small baby play and I'm just trying to extend the show because I don't want to leave. <laughs> it's crazy. I'm very sad. I mean, I said it before, but, and I'll say it again. I'm super excited for you. That's the emotion, uh, number one, two, three, four, and five. But, but beyond that, sad for us, sad for the show. Um, we had a good thing going. We're continuing to get better. And, and that's, it was a lot of fun. And I, I think there's value in that no matter, you know, what happens down the road. And we're homies. We keep in touch. <laughs> Love you, Joey. I'm still going to tell all your hockey picks, even though you make up <laughs> fake names. And we'll have you on at some point as a contributor and a guest. And you're going to miss it on that little screen right there. And we'll, we'll talk to you. So um, I'm pumped for you. Good luck with the move. We obviously will have a happy hour ourselves to, to hang out and say our goodbyes and all that. But uh, really pumped for you. Getting to go home is, is a treat. I'm pumped for your family. Um, I hope they don't get sick of you too quick. They will. Um, 
but no, it's really cool. And, and you're going home at a great time. Red Sox season is starting. I'm, I'm happy for you. And I can't wait to keep in touch. Thank you. You made this so special to all you guys back there. Thank you so much. You're all the best. Thanks for dealing with all my BS. Um, and thank you guys for listening. This is episode 52, my last show. But make sure you continue to listen because Joe's got it from here. See you guys. <laughs>